This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company on the Sounding Board. Series 9, Episode 2, the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. It's a Thursday afternoon on this particular week in February. And Craig Hutchison, Damien Barrett with you. You're back from Vegas, Hachi. Back from Super Bowl. Back in town, Damo. Hello. Nice to speak to you and uh, happy episode two of the new series. And just off the bat, I think this sort of cuts into all of us as sports fans and as humanitarians. So I just wanted to extend on behalf of us and our broader group, our our shock and horror at the events in Kansas City at the Super Bowl parade, which has already claimed the lives of at least one person, um, uh, a local lady, a DJ, who went to most games and loved her Kansas City chief and and potentially others after after the um, shots were fired at the parade. If you're a sports fan, or even if you're just an average everyday carer of the community you live in, or somewhere in between, uh, this is a horrific event. You know, um, a celebration of any sport is designed to bring people in and to be reflective of the community in a moment to gather and reflect on what's been, and to think that a gunman was loose and and caused injury and now fatality is horrific. So just, you know, can't sort of escape that feeling coming into today's podcast that while we had a great Super Bowl on Sunday and an amazing performance by the team, it, it falls into insignificance now very quickly on the back of the despair and trauma that we've seen uh, that's already claimed a life. So, yeah, our thoughts with everyone in Kansas City and in, in what was supposed to be a, a, a triumphant time for them and now clearly a very sad side. And a reminder, Damo, that... Sport is not immune from the everyday challenges of life and the complicated world that we live in. And, yeah, it's very, very, very sad. So on behalf of both of us, I'm sure, um, thoughts with everybody. Yeah, and Hachi, everyone's an expert in this gun space from afar, from what happens in the States. But this will this will follow a process that seems to follow every single mass shooting in, in the States. There's the reporting of it. There's the, the outrage of it, the... The people having opinions and their strong opinions on in media and the public and and even certain politicians and then everyone sends thoughts and prayers and I'm and again that's meaningful too and you've just spent minutes on that and I'm glad you did today because I wasn't sure how we're going to tackle it but everyone will be sending thoughts and prayers. We won't do anything in, in this in that country. They, they they will not do anything. They never do, and we'll just move on. We'll go back to normal, and there'll be another shooting tomorrow. And. I'm not saying that anyone's desensitised by it because it's hit everyone so hard. It, it's just we're not acting enough on it as a society, right? Like it's, and the American political system is difficult and complicated and underpinned by the gun lobby and all a whole bunch of things that make progress um, not linear. But it's just it breaks your heart as a yeah. as a as a as a sports fan and as a someone who loves America like I do. Like it's just a reminder, reflective of how what a complicated country it is and what complicated times we live in so but unfortunately though to, to your point you well, look I, I was watching it on social media this morning when I, when I woke up and Travis Kelsey was doing his usual singing up at the microphone and he's off his face and other players were celebrating and it, it seemed like it had been the, the previous two celebrations they've had in Kansas City but then equally you then get the news that there has been a shooting and unfortunately you, you there's no reaction of shock anymore it's just oh, really again it's it, it's not even a jolt anymore with what happens over there. And to think that someone so innocent was going along to try and have a, have a great moment to reflect and, and others who have been injured, like just breaks your heart. So anyway, I just wanted to, to start on that note and we'll be, and we're thinking of, of that community and those people into today's podcast in, in what was otherwise, as we move on, you know, a pretty remarkable game demo. Like it was, um, 
an incredible event. I think the the venue is spectacular. The city was. Um, in, it's his first time as a city they've done the Super Bowl. So, so take us through it, I haven't been to that stadium. Had you been before? No, first time in, in, Ele- in Ele- Elegant Stadium. So, so so from the strip, and I think a lot of our listeners would have been, and if you haven't, you know there's a strip. Yep. So how how far from the strip is it? I know the strip's a long stretch of road, by the way, and there's varying vantage points on it. But if, if you're down at, the uh, say, the MGM end, which is, uh, I think, the area closest to it, how, how far away is that? Well, I walked home while staying at, in the in Caesars, where most of our clients were, we had about three buses that went to the game uh, of clients and partners. And I walked back after the game. I took a wrong turn out of the venue, as you'd expect to miss the bus. So it was about a about a forty minute walk. It's probably a twenty five to thirty minute walk to MGM, and it's very close. About three miles off the top of my head from the from the strip. They're building a baseball uh, field for a team on the strip, between, isn't it? On the strip, yeah. halfway between, which is unbelievable, and. I think one of the one of the emotions I took away, not emotions, one of the observations I took away. It's a, it's easy because it's easier for America given the scale of wealth or money or population versus here. So I, I get that, I understand it, but there is a real danger that we could get left behind as a sporting nation in infrastructure and stadium, given the global trends. Like if you look at the sphere in Las Vegas, and I know it's still losing you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year or a hundred plus million dollars a year, that will change, I think, pretty quick when they start to carve the ad inventory up differently. At the moment, it's a standalone ad model per day, and I'm sure the ad, the advertiser funding is going to be a huge part of its uh, commercial success over time. But 18,000 having an immersive experience every night watching you 2 in something that's built for custom, and people go away going, never seen anything like that. It's unbelievable. It's sensational. You know, how long has it been since this happened? I didn't note one person who left that venue on any night on any group who didn't have a time of their life, whether they were a U2 fan or not. You look at the design of the uh, football venue and the way that's kept glass at one end, it looks back over the city. And then you're reading reports that we're not going to do the Gabba um, because we're worried about the politics of it all. We can't afford it. Um, and it's easy from the outside when you don't know the specifics. But if we were ever going to do the Gabba, it's the Brisbane Olympics. What does that look like now if we don't do the Gabba? for the Brisbane Olympics. If it doesn't get done for 2032, it never gets done. It's already a little bit on the tide side. Oh, absolutely, it's on the tide side. It, it never really even kicked yep. for a long period of time after the redevelopment in the in the 90s. And and why would you want to have the Olympics if you weren't going to use it as a means to drive infrastructure development and economic activity? into? If you build it, they will come, Damo. Like, so I'm big on Tasmania. I do understand the section of the community that say, "Oh, we, you know, we have governments are broke, and we gave out too much during COVID." And well, you have to factor that in, Hutchie. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm big on factoring it in. But it's not—they're not dead costs, Damo. You don't spend billions of dollars on a venue and go, "Oh, well, that's our job done," and it sits there like a white yeah, elephant. But the problem is that there's beneficiaries to the government spend over here that, that don't go back to the public, and and I'm talking about the operations and the organisations that use the venues. I mean. The AFL, for instance, it owns its own stadium at Marvel Stadium, yeah, but, but, but it is the greatest beneficiary of the MCG deal. But they're not. The, the AFL is a non-for-profit entity. Oh, I, please, Hutchie. It is. I know. I know it's technically a not-for-profit, but it makes profit, and a lot of money goes around, and and and, and, and a lot of people to. are grateful for it because it is an industry in itself, and a lot of get and people it needs get to, and it should, but it stimulates. But let, let's not let's not get too city. cued on saying well, it's a not-for-profit. Well, let's use Adelaide and Perth as the example. Do you think those cities have grown? And have been more buoyant on the back of the. Well, I've I've experienced those experiences. Of course, it's not about. I I know it. I know those places have. Yes, they generate 
income, they generate jobs, they generate construction, they generate opportunity, which then generates more workers, which generates more taxpayers, which generates more revenue for the government, which generates the ability to reinvest in health and finance and in infrastructure and community service. Like they're, they're not um, dead cost, Damo. They bring a city to life, and I can't believe we're not going to do the Gabba in the midst of all this. Surely there's a way mm. to, to make the Gabba part of – and if we're going to U-turn on the Gabba – in 2032, and we've already had the Commonwealth Games saga. Like, what else are we going to take a short step on? Because the rest of the world, I know there's a lot of disproportionate money coming out of Saudi and other areas, which amplify things. But the rest of the world is 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 charging on stadia and, and development. We've probably, you know, milked the government cow as an industry r- relatively well until a couple of years ago. But there, we we need to keep stimulating our cities in Australia. I think. What well, do you well, think? Yeah, I agree. You don't, you don't but, agree. No, I, I look. I agree with that aspect of it, Hutchie. But it can't just be the model that it's always been in Australia, and that is the government's foot the bill. I mean, I, I know that the owners of these NFL teams somehow get the you know the local state people to to fund mostly too. But we we in Australia right now, Hutchie, there's a lot bigger problems than the, the way the gavel looks right now, and and you know that you know that, and I know I know you're distancing or well, not distancing, but I know you're acknowledging that as well as you talk. I know, I know there's more important. Or there, there are things. there are more important issues in how the gavel looks in, in a lot I, of people's eyes. I, I get that. I, I'm just saying, don't discount what yeah. regenerating those venues does to stimulate the cities to allow you to reinvest in them. Yep, and no, I've no. seen that firsthand in Perth. Yep, just on the Super Bowl now, it was. I reckon it was just before halftime you, you tweeted this, Hutchie, and I, my eyes pricked up. The, the boys' own story from Perth, Mitch Wisnowski, spelling mistake there, by the way. Coming up, big here, under pressure and having an impact, has a genuine shot at being the first Aussie punter with a Super Bowl ring from here. He's helping it happen. Now, I immediately included our good mate Liam Pickering in a text with you on that, knowing that you doing that was going to mean the 49ers didn't win. You are the cooler, Hutchie. <laughs> from that okay. moment onwards... My yep. home's got going. Yep. Yep. And well, well, the first half was very much punter and kicker. Like, we haven't seen a Super Bowl where they've had as big an impact. So I, I thought it was a great story. It's a shame he didn't win. <laughs> I have a particular interest in Perth too, Damo. You know, it's a love of mine, that city. So, And um, and we've obviously got um, a, a great basketball club there. So, yeah, I was, I was barracking for him for many reasons and unfortunately didn't didn't come to be. Yeah, we're talking, as I said earlier, on the Thursday afternoon this week. We tried to do it Tuesday morning, which was in Australian time, the morning after the, the Super Bowl, but your reception was absolutely no good. So we've It was ambitious. It. Yeah, we, we just aborted the uh, the chat we were having because the delay was just unworkable. So a couple of these issues may have been played out publicly a couple of, week, couple of days ago, but I want to just touch them from a sounding board perspective. Nick Revold's commentary into the Australian market via the SBN channel, Hutchie, didn't go down I, at all well. I, I, I didn't see it, other than I'm a massive fan of Nick as a commentator. I, I am too. And, 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 and I'm, not, I'm not raising this to criticise Nick because yep. he was there to do a job. He, he knows he knows NFL as well as any Australian ever does, and, and anyone who knows him knows that. But Hutchie, and this, and I'm, great, I'm removing was, Nick from this. I'm removing this. It was great to see him on Thursday night too. In, he joined our dinner on Thursday night. But we've talked about this before. Many times. It's not, it's not Nick. It's not Nick. We don't want an Australian call the Super Bowl. It's the last thing there's, I want on Super Bowl Day. There's zero demand for it. I don't want an Australian feed on Super Bowl Day. I've spent the whole season enjoying on, it because it's been an American <laughs> me, feed. On television, that oh, is, Damo. Oh, you want a voyeuristic experience on television. On radio, 
We absolutely need to provide uh, an alternative. You don't need to wa- go yeah. to the radio when you've got the TV, Hutchie. And I just don't radio get it. Radio's a different call. It's a descriptive action. It's when you're in, we're in motion. And, well, Hutchie, and I'm not... Jared did a fantastic yeah, job. But, but on I'm, television. I'm not listening to radio when I've got TV, Hutchie. So let, let's let's get back to this topic. Well, a lot of people did. Like the TV, our, our audio, it was our biggest audio day of the year for context. So it was well listened to in people's travels. And not everyone could take 10 to 2. I know you're in the middle of 22 weeks a year and you can build your whole week around 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And not many people can actually not work for that period of time like you can, Damo, and want to be able to listen in their transit or in the car or in similar. But from a television point of view, there's already an outstanding American broadcast, which you're used to, you're accustomed to, and that's the one you prefer. So I ended up up watching it on 7 because that did have Romo and Nance, who who, uh, their voices I want to hear on Super Bowl Day. It's interesting, and Jared talked about this in, in our coverage on Monday. Uh, media covering the media is a far bigger world in America than it is in Australia. Now, I'm not saying, um, you know, we, we, obviously media get, we, we've seen the clickbait that so many generate in Melbourne in, around media, but I'm talking about the performance of media. Like yeah. Tony Romo's commentary gets pulled apart, analysed and assessed. But would you agree? And I've, I've caught up with some of that recently because I reckon he's getting a hard time. But would you agree with me when I say that they're just, and again, I've been, I'm that myself, Hutchie, they're just crusty old newspaper people doing it who don't <laughs> understand TV. Is that harsh? Well, they're your words. Well, they're, they're my words. words and I'm prepared to say them because I'm one of those people I'm just describing. It's not, when, when you read about television in the newspapers, it's not very often from someone who's actually done television well Correct. or successfully. It's normally someone who... Would have loved to have had a five-minute slot on a show and never got the opportunity, and you know, it's, time's gone by, and, and don't realize that the TV what, is a very different beast for a, for a very good reason. So, if you, um, there's a reason why there's no picture bylines on TV reviewers, I reckon. Um, <laughs> put it that way. Uh, again, well, let's just tick off these. People topics. say, "What would you know?" <laughs> Let's tick off these topics. I've got a face for radio too, so by the way, so I'm not knocking it. Uh, two days after we would have otherwise. Uh, the Travis Kelsey blow up with uh, the co- Coach Reed, as he as he calls him. Yeah, I saw in in Melbourne. That's a monster story. That's six weeks of doorstops and oh, what's going to happen. We, we would have lost our mind. We would have lost our. We minds. would have lost our mind. He would have been called to be sacked before he even received the the medal, whatever they get over there, the ring. I thought it was a. Um, a remarkably mature way to, I mean, he went too far, obviously, but it was a remarkably mature way to handle it. They've got that kind of robust coach-player relationship when, and I thought Tom Brady's assessment was, so I had no problem with it. Yeah, I no didn't problem. either. I didn't either. I realise yeah. I'm in a minority on it. I didn't have a mate. I didn't, I didn't have a problem at all. Yeah. And, and uh, What did cross my mind is, what, what, where my mind went, sorry to interrupt you there, Damon, where my mind went was, oh, they better win or this will be a big story when they lose. But uh, that was the Australian mentality in me. It, it's, it wouldn't have been a big, a bigger story if they lost. It, it would have been the same. They just move on, Archie. They, they move they on. Just, well, something else happens. Something else always happens in American sports. Yep. So, so that's the reason it often does move on. But they also don't delve into it and, and critique it. And look, they'll, they'll show that highlight and that vision in years to come. Don't get me wrong. But it, will, it won't be critiqued within an inch yep. of its life. And the characters of the two individuals involved won't be pulled apart. Um, I've got a question for you as we move on. You're our resident Luke Beveridge expert on the on the program on the sounding board. It's you've been on the on the Beveridge. I, I tried to talk about him, Archie. You, you, you're the since, one who raises him. Ever since that famous night at the Brownlow, where the two of you, uh, uh, as reported on Triple M, soon after uh, crossed crossed horns. Tell me this. Give me the real story. I'm a mile from the action. I saw. Uh, I've heard all the whispers over the summer. I saw. Uh, 
you know, Braden Ingham, whose uh, story last week on, on Nine, he said that he and Chris Grant don't talk and are disconnected. We've talked a bit about that role. Uh, I heard Kane Corn's observation that he's been unseen, Luke Beveridge. Like, we had the mustache summer, and uh, we've had we've had the summers where he's done the Robbo sit-down and everyone's wrong and I'm right sort of routine. Where is he? Like, what's what's happening? Um, is this a year where the ball is going to put their head down and try and win? Has uh, he embraced the change? Are there serious problems there? Like, can you just let me into this a little bit? Oh, you, got, have, you know what he's like. He's not. He's not going to change. He's not going to change one bit, is he? Well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't underestimate him trying to. Mm. Oh, I think you're saying you've been saying for a long time that he needs to. No, I don't think I don't think I've vol- oh. volunteered. If, if I get asked ask the question, yeah, I, all I, I, I say I, is he's not. He's not one to change, and. I think he's come out of this even stronger, Hutchie, weirdly enough. I mean, Chris Grant's authority's been, I think, the one that's been eroded. And whether they, and they clearly went into this review with the preconceived outcome of Bevo's okay. And again, I don't have an issue with that, Hutchie. If the club wants to go that, that path, that's fine. But it's not a full on, let's rip it up and, and tear it apart review if you've got an outcome before you start it. So that, that was established, okay? That was on record and established. So Chris Grant, the head of footy, then has Matty Egan, who, who had been there for a minute, basically. He'd been working for Luke until the week before, hadn't he? He'd been working there for a minute um, in high performance. And then he's come out of it with a, with a very, very authoritative role that now the club has now moved to clarify publicly that it's still with Chris, but not above Chris. Well, again, how does that look and how does that work and who Luke reports to? Well, I know that uh, someone who's been there a minute is not going to get too much cut through with, with Luke Beveridge. And equally, he's got a problematic relationship with Chris Grant because of what Chris Grant did to his great mate, Rowan Smith, last year. And again, I don't have an issue with Rowan Smith being moved on if, if that's the decision Chris Grant made. Yep. So, But all I'm getting back to, I mean, I'm only answering this, Hutchie, because you're asking me. Uh, he's not going to change. That doesn't mean they can't get into the finals again, where they should have been last year and somehow missed when they lost the West Coast late. But... And, and other games they lost by narrow margins. He's capable of doing that again, but he's not going to change, and don't don't think he's going to. They're going to be a big story for the uh, for the t- for the uh, TV wolves, aren't they? The the wars on early on well, the TV newsrooms. There's there's, well, there's four, four and a half four and a half wolves. <laughs> sorry, Braden, we've got to get a point five at the moment on the on the wolf pack. Um, the other, the other four wolves, the, the Bulldogs' performance early is going to be wolf central, I think, on the news news wars. <laughs> Well, someone again. I don't look at the draw because the the the, the fixture, the draw, whatever you want to call it, it, it is what it is. Actually, and some teams get off to a good start, others don't. They're all hard games. Uh, someone told me it's a it's a comparatively easier fixture for the Bulldogs early than it. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any clubs. such thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I agree. With you. A couple of things from the America last week. I meant to touch on before we moved on to the Bulldogs. Sorry to do this to you. First of all, the emergence of the non-platform journalist demo. We've talked and intimated about this over the journey. We've seen two really big examples of this in the last 10 days. You've got Tucker Carlson, who was ultimately was too much heat in the kitchen for Fox and News, who were all in on him until they weren't. And and he became a political liability. Then he's gone away and I think built even further power without the platform. So he's he's gone and broken big interviews or exclusives. He's clearly got... Didn't you have one with, uh, with Putin last week? Is this the, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, so he's gone, he's gone to Russia. He's got the interview with with Vladimir Putin. Um, he got criticised for going in and for doing it, and I'd be interested in your views on that in a sec. We'll come back to that. He's got, like, the best part of two or three hours unedited on tape. 
He's a he's a digital or YouTube product. He's got a mass YouTube subscriber which should be commoditizing and making money passively out of without having an advertising relationship with anyone at all. He's got Trump's ear. There was only uh, eight weeks ago he was speculating he's going to be a vice president candidate himself. <laughs> I didn't catch and up with that. And he's and he's uh, building direct to consumer journalism like no one probably has. Now he's appealing to a very uh, right wing bent and you know a, an army of people who. Think the, you know, who think the world in a, in a certain way. Then we've seen Piers Morgan, who was a big global bet from news, who went into UK, US and Australia at the same time on Tonight Show. He's also got a mass digital following and a big YouTube footprint and a big uh, social footprint in areas like TikTok and beyond, to the point where they, they now, news, have said this is better use for us. They've followed the Tucker model. This is more use for us to going directly through our digital channels where we'll commoditize. I don't interpret him being moved because ratings were, were poor. I, I interpret him being So I didn't catch up with because, this aspect of it. News is still aligned take, with him, is he? Are they? they've, they've taken him off the linear program. They've taken the program off their airwaves. Was it rating? Well, I, it's easy to get sold a lemon in these things. So may, maybe I'm being naive because normally in this situation, you've got two years of a contract to run out and they don't want him on air and it's not rating. I, my interpretation, and I, I encourage you to correct me, I haven't, I haven't read up on it, but I think it, I think it's actually working really powerfully from a digital sense. And they have made a considered decision to drive this as a digital asset and not a on screen. So look, this is a big shift demo. Mm. Um, now, he's obviously still paid by news to do it. Tucker's gone alone. Do you, where do you think this, this leads? And are we going to see – we're a smaller marketplace, obviously, but where do you – Well, all I do know is you, you're not going to get, not in this country anyway, any form of profile of the nature you're talking about, Hutchie. I know there's profile and there's profile of the nature you're talking about without without the, the either free-to-air or pay-TV access. I, I completely disagree with that. Well, give me an, I, give me an example of I someone who's cut disagree. through to the extent you're talking about with these two guys. I think if you were – Just give me stand- one example. All right. If if Kane Corns didn't have our platform Hutchie, or nine, he does have your platform and nine. Okay, and and, no, and but, nine has made Kane Corns. Okay, and, but, and his own opinion, and he's still on Freeware ah, Radio and Freeware TV. It's a different it's a different thing to say who helped create the momentum in the first place. I'm I'm saying, who could cut a cord from their existing well, let, well, employer? Well, let's see let's see how he goes without it. I, I've got no doubt he would have impact, but let's see how I it goes. And in fact, he'd, he'd be as good an example to you. I shouldn't actually. have I shouldn't have picked one. I reckon there's twenty or. But you 30. didn't pick one. You, you, didn't, you haven't answered my question. You haven't produced one. That, yeah, there's not one Hutchie. There's not well, I one. Think, I think there's many of our identities, as many of others, as many NRL Wait, identities. Just name another one. Name another well, one. I don't. Really, once I start, no, no, you're I, the one making I, the argument. I'm telling you, it doesn't work in Australia. At, at the moment, at the moment, your, your your argument on an audience base it it works on an audience basis. TV audiences are in decline. These identities are doing more numbers digitally than our television now. Demo, I know, the, but they've got the base of digital. Uh, the, but, uh, sorry, the base of no, the they've free got, to wear. They've got, they've the, got the base, base of, of the free to wear. Got the base of revenue, demo. Well, that's the same thing. That no, that's that's the difference. Is they're employed by people who can commoditize those audiences. It's much harder to do it on your, if not impossible to do it on your own. So, I don't think the challenge is. Um, can it be the one? Can it be the one to experiment with it? If if you were to back him and just uh, confirm to him he's going to get the same amounts of money, rip him off the programs he might. I, I reckon that would be the one. I, I think there's many in AFL and NRL. Uh, I think even in cricket, we've seen some good examples. You know, some of those global cricket podcasts they, they live in spider platform and do really well. Um, and and identity. So. I, yeah, you know, but, but global cricket. The, yeah. the issue is a commercial one rather than an audience one. The days of needing television audience to drive your 
your brand or awareness of you are over, I think. You can build your own. Now, Actually, you if, still haven't produced the name of someone who's done it without I've got, a I've got traditional 20, media. No one has done it. That's I've got I mean. a list of 20 here I reckon could do it, but I'm regretting having singled one out. So I'm not going to give you the other 19. But it, it's very possible in a modern – it's already happening. It's, not it's already happening. happening. It's not happening. They're still using the programs yeah. they've got. Yeah, I, I, well, I disagree with that. Yeah. I think – um, look, let, let's jump around. So AFL release oh, figures. Oh, sorry. Just before we leave America. Yep. Went to the WWE press conference last Thursday. So oh, yes. Did quick, you get a question quick, into the rock? Did I, you know, I didn't get a question for this reason. There's 160 media there accredited. They took not one question in the end. <laughs> oh, no. It was the first questionless press conference that I've been to. The media were props. Uh, and I loved it. And I would encourage other people to think about how you turn the media into a prop. <laughs> we would, we would just, we were all had great spots, and everyone thought they might have a question. There was no questions. It was a pre-show. They invite people on the stage. They ask a couple of questions of each one question of each person, and then they have an argument. It went for an hour, and that was the end of the production. And it was timed out to a minute. It was broadcast live on Peacock, and it was. It was presented as a press conference in name only. There was no questions. Hang on, you you were, you were actually a renter crowd. Rent a crowd. <laughs> and I didn't, you know what? I didn't see one journalist who was upset about not getting to ask a question either. <laughs> I was really hopeful of you asking a question that we could have played today. Yep. Now, AFL released its figures during the week, Archie. 19 players earned Australian dollars, $1 million or more on the yep. 2023 season. Uh, look, it's a, it's a sizable number, Hutchie, but again, I still feel it's the middle tier of player that has taken the most of the collective money when it comes to the, the money that's gone into the game in relatively recent years, taking out the two COVID years, of course. And then you compare that with a salary cap of, of each club in the AFL of about $15 million. I think it might have been knock on the head of a $15 million for each single club last year. So again, not money to sneeze at, uh, to be spread around 45 particular players and the average wage about four forty one or whatever it was. But you then line it up with Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens who gets $80 million Australian equivalent with his contract for one year. So it's, it's 5.3 football clubs worth of money. Yep. To play basically half the amount of contested football because of the seasons being half about half of the, the duration length. But ultimately, to play one season of footy, he's getting five and a half AFL clubs worth. Yeah, but they're, they're obviously um, different economics. I <laughs> understand that. Time. I understand that. 320 million versus 20-odd, give or take, a bit more. There's also a global market in the NFL versus the AFL. And then the TV ratings are significantly better than they are in Australia. So the NFL is the dominant product in every market of, of it's 75% of the TV game. So the amount of money aimed at NFL towers over AFL or NRL combined. But just get your head capita. around that. The, the best player, at least by way of the wage he's getting, in, and he was the best player because he's now been yep. an MVP in two seasons in the past four. So the best player in the NFL gets the equivalent of 5.3 AFL clubs money in total per year. Yep. And then... The distribution of the money is interesting. So they're prepared to pay aggressive to the best, which has been the, yeah. the AFLPA argument. Let's use Kansas City's example. They paid $37 million US to Mahomes, which is 50-odd-plus Australian. I've got that number. It's 59-point-something Australian. Yep. I mean, let's round it up. I did round it up. It's, it's the way our dollars million. going, it'll be $100 million by, by uh, <laughs> mid-year. Um, but but it's, on it's $60 million on, on this yep. year. It's $60 million. So there, there's four now, footy clubs. And then if you look at some of the clips that the Kansas City Chiefs fans have distributed over the last, there was four months of all the shock jocks. 
They they got no wide receivers. They didn't pay anyone to play. They shouldn't have cut the other bloke. They they've just skimped on the. They traded they out. Mahomes they they too chose much. to trade out Tyreek Hill two years ago, and yep. they've won two Super Bowls since. And they've done it with a cast of su- support actors, really, and that's probably and draftees. That's dispro- that's probably a bit disrespectful, but it's no, that's pretty much how it works. Yep, they've had one lead singer, and they've had um, good, Travis Kelsey good, good on lead guitar. guitar. Yeah. And they've had a heap of people playing the tambourines. Like and, the, and the coach, though, he, yeah. he's, he's a genius. Yeah, uh, just a quick one on Andy Reid. There's an Andy Reid lookalike. I know. I'm aware of him. He does some good work, particularly in Super Bowl week when there's Kansas City Chiefs are in there. I did, I did touch on this story on Saturday, but I'll, I'll do yeah, a bit more I didn't detail. hear your show, so you, I'm happy to hear it again if you want to repeat so it. So the Andy Reid uh, impersonator walks through Radio <laughs> Row, and there's a bit of a fuss around him. And he's he's sitting he's sitting he's two, so good. two tables behind me in full view of the um the Zoom call the broadcast I was on. And I said, Oh, you probably can see looking down the line, the Andy Reid look alike behind me because he's uh, famous and he goes around and he looks and sounds like him and he's become his own identity. And to my right I saw our producer Joel Brooks and also the former Fremantle Docker turned podcaster Tommy Sheridan. What? <laughs> they they had mis- mistaken him for the real Andy Reid in the past half an hour. Gone and got pictures and 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 congratulated themselves on getting a moment with the Kansas City coach ahead of the game. And Tommy, I believe, I haven't scrolled through his Instagram, oh, but may have posted a series of pictures. Here's me and Andy Reid just before the Super Bowl. So uh, yeah. You got everyone. I do. I do like that guy. He does a very good job. Now, does a good job. Did you catch up? Have you managed to catch up with Barnaby Joyce's latest uh, efforts in in the world? Yes, I saw it. What are we dealing with? And I'm referring yeah. to obviously being found uh, upside down with a, a leg. I think it was on a on a bench in a suburban street in a reasonably busy thoroughfare of uh, of Canberra way after hours. I think the um, the other interesting one here is like. Has has he jumped the shark, Barnaby, to that point where a controversy from him isn't a real one for too long anymore? Anyway, like could be. Do you know what I mean? Like this, his wife, Vicky Campion, who created her own headlines herself some years yeah. ago. I thought she handled it amazingly well when when she went on record the next day just to take the heat out of it and saying, "Oh, well, it's you know, this is Barnaby," <laughs> and 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 look, yeah, it went longer than that. People can, can can have a look online themselves and, and make of it what they want to make of it. But I thought she handled it really well. It went away, and even this time last when we did the show last week, actually, our show, yep. Sounding Board, I was talking about at that stage part two of the three parts of, of Nemesis on the ABC. Yep. I think I said Hutchie. I certainly had the view anyway prior to that. And again, he was in, in the third Nemesis as well um, production. He came out of that actually more normal than these other idiots that yeah. were, were trying to defend their actions. Well, they, as weird cat- as that sounds and as and as silly as I know I'm sounding by saying that. He fits your category of rules for some, rules for others. Like Because this is not his first dance and because he appeals to a largely rural audience, yeah. he just the, the discount that gets applied to him publicly. Like if, that was, if that was another politician and it was the first time they'd done it, yeah, it'll be still burning as a mass issue. Well, if, um, well, look at the Brisbane Broncos during the week. They've had a couple of blokes yep. getting in a brawl, and look what they've gone through. And they deserve to because they tried to then make it go away. They then put the two players out there, and they did their thing with what they knew they had to do. And I'm so sorry, it's not what I stand for. All that rubbish they carry on. And then there was more vision of more players involved after it. So yep. I, I didn't even caught up with the latest on that. But if it was a footballer, 
as, as we saw with the Broncos, or if it was well, Melbourne's just an a, AFL it, footballer, we'd be talking about, we talked about before with the yeah. Kelsey and Andy Reid thing. If that was a footballer in the Barney B. Joyce position, we'd still be talking about it. And then the fact that it happened in Brisbane or Sydney is the other factor. So let's be real about this. And by the way, I'm not offering an opinion on their behaviour or otherwise. I thought it was, well, I will offer an opinion. It was childish, reckless, and just stupid. And this is the Broncos. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Does it deserve to get what what comes to them? But there is no doubt, Damo, that any behaviour in Melbourne is judged differently by its community than it is in Brisbane or Sydney in in those instances. In Melbourne, that'd be a month story, and there'd be outrage, and it fueled in part by and that, and, no, that, to, and that doesn't make it right either. It's not worth a month. Like, well, Stephen May, for instance, and his fracas at Melbourne with Michael here, but that wasn't caught on video and went went for three months. Imagine that was caught on video. With, Jake Jake Meltram. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah um, no, just just making sure we're on the same. Mic. Yeah, yeah. I think he was there. I think yeah. Um, and, oh, if that was caught on video, yeah, we'd, we'd yeah. Absolutely, it would. But but that 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 was an extreme, and that and that got the coverage it did deserve for the reigning premier to be coming on to, to blows midway through the next season. That that yeah. I don't have an issue with the coverage on that one. But I know, but I, it, it's just reflective of we're almost moved on in Brisbane already, whereas in Melbourne we wouldn't have been able to. And then that was caught on video versus wasn't. So I just think that it, it, for whatever reason, there's a different lens on. Yep. On public scandal. Now the next time you fly to Perth, Hutchie, I want you to have a look at that Nemesis series. Tee it up. Um, download yeah, it. it. Yeah, you, I, you, you need to because it's it's your type of TV being put together. I watched and- the uh, the ABC Twitter feed, TikTok feed. By the way, um, interesting that the ABC are on TikTok. Um, another story for another day. But the <laughs> ABC on TikTok have only released a couple of clips at a time. I do follow the ABC on TikTok, so I've only seen those clips. The ScoMo stuff looks like it's going to be awesome to watch. Well, no, that was the one, the, the most recent one. Just have you gone. watched it all? Yeah, I did watch uh, the third one, uh, Go to Woe. I've still got to catch up on the second one at the start so of right it. Right. But... Give me a three, two, and one. <laughs> well, what's the criteria <laughs> on the three? In the eye of the beholder, give us your uh, Liberal Party Brownlow. The three subjects were Turnbull, yeah. Abbott, well, and Morrison. In the having end, watched in the all end, their stories. Yeah, in the end. and we just, read, it, read it for me like Gil McLaughlin would at the Brownlow, please. <laughs> well, one vote. Are, are we doing it for... Infamy as opposed to to positivity, or uh, you set your criteria. Oh, well, I, you know I can't cop. I cannot cop Scomo. I don't believe anything comes out of his mouth. And so you got and, him one vote. Oh, I've got him three votes for being the worst on ground. If that's let's right. just do the worst on ground. It's like the old Triple M days. The worst on ground three. Given him Sco- three. Even after seeing him, you had him at three. Even after yeah. Uh, You've obviously got Turnbull too. Turnbull too. <laughs> and if you just spared well, your mate Abbott. What I was yeah. about to say was Abbott, and they made this reference now in I'm the thinking first. About, why do I even ask that question? I no, but Hutchie, Hutchie Abbott, didn't, Abbott made, I think, a smart decision given how disgracefully performed Turnbull and ScoMo were in my eyes. He didn't speak, so he, he couldn't make the presentation any worse. These guys, yep. by speaking, it was already horrendous what they were presenting to them. They made it worse by speaking and defending actions. I'm telling you, Abbott didn't, didn't, look, didn't speak at all, and, and, and he didn't come out any worse, put it that way. I've only seen the clips you've seen in the series, so I shouldn't offer comment, but I will. Um, it looked, it looked <laughs> pretty fair. never stopped you before, it saying something fair. you don't know anything about. It looked like they did a pretty fair job. They didn't, oh, they they... didn't attack the three candidates. They gave contrary views on some people saying, well, this was good and that was no like, – it looked fair. It was me. fantastic, was a... yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's why I want you to see it just from a TV perspective. Although, again, I was transcribing a tape myself as I was watching the third ones, and I was up, up a bit late. Then I, I went away, got a cup of tea, came back, and I then found the uh, reporter, Mark Willisey, who did an amazing job speaking to Lee Sales, Lee Sales, 
after the event in a separate program that ran for half an hour, like a debrief on, on how it was put yeah. together. I, I, I thought that was liked... slightly over the top. But no, having I'd... said that, I watched it and I quite liked it. I, I love that type of content. Like well, the scenes. it was good. It was good use of the yeah. content they didn't get to, to get to air, and at least and give it a context. Yeah, and it drew you in. You were going to watch Lee Sales. With, you're going to watch Lee Sales without that, were you? I don't think I would have. Yeah. But but I came back in thinking, what's this? And then I clicked on the info and thought, oh, really? This is this is a bit so, self indulgent. But, but you know what? I did watch it. So yeah. So it got so me playing that playing that back. So you're criticising the product when you were the product. I was the consumer. You, you were the product. I wasn't the product. Yeah. I was the consumer. You're, you're the product. <laughs> You've got to watch it though. It, it's it's yeah. just this staggering. And again, Morrison, everything they put to him, and they, they didn't have enough time, even though they had about two hours. I think the third one went longer than the other two. They put everything they could think of, or what they could squeeze into him, and I think they had to then put a few on the cutting room floor. Yep. But everything they put to him, even when they played it back and he's watched it all back and they've got all the opinions of everyone else with it, and you just know it's 100% wrong. They say, should you, should you have done this? And he'd pause, he'd have that stupid smile look on his face and go, no, but. And then, and then he'd go for five minutes trying to explain why he did do it. It's just, he made himself look even more stupid, Hutchie. Very, very complicated world. It is. Uh, a couple of quick ones. Uh, Ricky Ponting, US couple Cricket. Yep. What do you got for me? Yeah, I think it's a smart move, right? Like, it's, it's going to boom there, the US. The, the migration of population around the world out of the subcontinent, it all forecasts on where cricket will get to globally is off the charts. I still have an issue, Hachi, and again, I don't know where they're going to play it. Well, where are they going to play it? Where, where are they going to play a game of cricket the way we know cricket in well, America? There's no well, have ground. You, have you looked at the – you haven't had a look at the World Cup in the middle of the year, have you? So India and Pakistan are playing in, outside of New York in the first game. It's 34,000-seat arena, and it's sold out in minutes. When's this? In June this year. Okay, well, I haven't caught up with that. I'll be keen to see how that the goes. The World Cup is a mix of the USA and the West Indies, and I'll guarantee the crowds are bigger in the USA than the West Indies. Where are they playing it, did you say? Just out of, I think it's Nassau Coliseum that I read, or somewhere out of New yeah, Jersey. Okay. Or I'll, I'll have a look and All right. I'll come back to you. But but you think but, it'll work? It's it's. There's no chance of cricket in America. You don't need to win 300 million people ever. You just need to win enough. Yeah. Shane wanted to crack at it. It didn't work. Well... Things just don't well, pop just, up and I'm be, just saying, actually, they're, be they're, successful. It's not, it's not the first foray into the states. I thought the initial T20 uh, comp was, by all reports, a pretty good success. There's just the migration of population is everything, and I'll get to that exact venue now. That's right. We, um, we can we can uh, delve into it as it as it gets closer. They're playing at the 34,000 seat Modular Stadium in Long Island on June 9. Yep, and. I think that that's sold out. Let me just have a look while we chat. Um, but there you go. So where are they going to play? Well, there's one. And I think there's a, I don't know, off the top of my head, but there's a, a pile of games in the World Cup this year in the US. Okay. It's, it's, it's a great move to take it there. Because great of the, the expats. Well, it's... They, they, won't mean, get, they won't get one fresh person interested. Well, maybe, maybe early maybe days... They they, maybe they don't need to. Early days they won't. But as the generations of... Uh, fans around the world move. Yeah, um, that will the, the population growth out of India alone, in, in, as it spreads through the world. What an opportunity for cricket! It's an unbelievable little uh, ride ahead for it. I reckon. Yep. All right. Well, we jumped that episode around a bit. Started with started with. Uh, when are you NFL back at work, and... By the way, <laughs> you back anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> That was episode two, series nine of the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. 
Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.